You're listening to the Abiding Blue Podcast, where we discuss the meaning and behind-the-scenes work that go into our favorite songs, as told by the producers, songwriters, and crafters themselves. Now, for your host, Daisy Blue. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Abiding Blue Show. This week, I am your host, Xander Johnstone. I have hijacked the Abiding Blue podcast, and I will be interviewing Mrs. Daisy Blue. How what are you doing today? Word. I am doing just fine. We're back here at the Ice Box for some brews and music. Correct. All right. What are you drinking today? I am drinking, once again, I'm having the Sour Wit. I gotta tell you, I thought I'd be nervous over here on the guest side, but it feels kind of good. I I feel like I have the weight of the world off of my shoulders. You know, I just get to chill and drink beer. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's good this time. So Xander normally, Bob McDaniel just walked in. Oh, hot dog! Welcome, friend. Welcome. I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Sorry. Um. I asked Xander if he would be willing to host the show today, and he more than happily agreed. He is the house audio engineer for Abiding Blue Productions, so How we hard appreciate could it be? you. Yeah. It's kind of nice to have you in front of the mic for a change. Oh. <laughs> All right. Miss Daisy Blue, Air Force veteran, colleague, musician, producer. Songwriter, tell me, how do you do it? Well, um, I have a couple different thoughts on this. So I, I write songs for two different reasons. One is because there's something that I need to talk about, and there's something, it, it's a cathartic thing that I need to write to kind of get something off my chest or to sort through something. And that's most of the music that I write for myself as an artist. And then there's another vein where I write with the intention of writing a song for the purpose of some sort of an assignment. So specifically, I think of pitch writing, where if I have a client that needs a song that fits a certain genre and feel, it's, it's less of a soul-searching songwriting mechanism and uh, I have to apply certain creative strategies so that I can get the song done more efficiently and do it well. So I've, I've got a lot of questions here. I'm, I'm going to get into, you know, about your origin story and, and, and your, your whole history, but I'm going to, I'm going to dive right in to your writing process. Cause I'm really curious about, you know, those, those two sides of the coin there. Um, What's the difference in, in your approach to your writing style? Because I, I, I imagine that writing for a client or writing for a project uh, comes differently than, than just writing from your own experience or your own inspirations. Well, they're, they're similar in the way of the strategies that I use. I just I tend to give myself more time if it's something that is more of a cathartic writing experiment um, than if it's something I'm doing for a client or for a pitch. 
or something like that, then I just kind of have to, I give myself more time constraints on the different elements that just need to be done. Mm. I imagine a lot of those client projects are still just influenced by things that maybe you've already written or. <laughs> I'm having a hard time hearing you. Yeah, we've, we've, we've got a good, a good steam sound behind us. I don't know if you can hear it. It's a good ambient. Sending my manager. Sending my manager We're sending, over there. Sending a, <laughs> our guy to go, our people to go talk to their people. We apologize, but we are currently experiencing technical difficulties. Your regular planned programming will resume shortly. Thank you. All right, kids, we're back to the, back to our regular programming. To our regular scheduled, regular programming. scheduled oh, programming. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Okay, so we were talking about... Your writing process. The writing process. Yeah. And I said that there's, there's two reasons I write. I write for me, uh, you know, and as, a, as an artist, but it's just stuff that I want to dig up and, and explore and talk about. It's a cathartic thing. And then for more clients and pitching in like a more professional side of songwriting, which I do treat like a, like a job. Uh, it's a lot less bohemian with that process so uh, so so do you start with the lyrics or the instrumentation all of the above um it really depends on the project so if i'm pitching for um if i'm pitching for a specific person idea what have you um so i had this I, I pitched for like this Fox show to like write the opening for the show. Uh, it didn't get picked up, so don't be impressed. But they gave me a couple of references of what they wanted it to sound like. So in that case, I started with the music bed first, and then I could fill the content with the things that they had requested. Which honestly, when I'm writing for a client, it's actually a much faster, much easier process because I already have what they want mm -hmm. whereas the creative process is mostly the time is taken from me considering what is it that i am trying to say mm -hmm. and that takes the longest where if a client says i want you to say this then i'm like oh then i just need to plug in i just need to find like the rhyming scheme and uh i never really work in a linear way ever i never start at the the beginning and work all the way to the end of the song that's never how my process goes ever right it's always out of order so I imagine that when you're writing for a pitch, do you feel like it's it's more uh, more mechanical because it's all you know it's more templated? You're given references, uh, I'm sure the to, to work off of. Do you, do you feel like there's a, a difference in that that type of manner between uh, your own music that is inspired by you know on your own Personal versus, events versus yeah versus a pitch? I. I try, I try as hard as I can when I am writing for a client or for a pitch that I, I try to put as much as my, of myself into it as I possibly can to, to make it a more inspired process. Um, because then, then it stops being fun. Mm -hmm. if, it, if it becomes a mechanical process, it stops being fun. But I, I think there's two sides of that corn. coin. <laughs> two sides of the corn. There's two sides of that coin. Either you have to walk the line between your artistry and having that childlike creativity to 
kind of the adult mind where you are being more structured and disciplined. And the only way that you can make a career out of doing music is that you need to balance both because you need the impact of the creative side, but you also need that discipline and the time restraints of your adult brain to kind of bring it to fruition. Mm -hmm. So those are my two cents on on that. Okay. Very cool. I try. All right. Well, you've been doing this for a long time now too, right? So I guess let's... Let's get started at the. God oh, bless wow. you. What is this? Ooh, look at what this. Is this one? Not to interrupt you, Xander, what is, but I was what is just this one? brought. This is going to be the sour, uh, sour wit as well. It's going to come off uh, with a hibiscus and blood orange flavor to it. All right. Thank All right. you so Thank much. You so much. It was just brought to my These hand. are beautiful interruptions. Can I surprise you? Uh, can you surprise me? Absolutely. Okay, I'll be right back. Yeah. Boo. I love it here. Let's do this more often. I, I love I love Icebox. That's our sponsor today. I love, love, love Icebox. We've been doing the podcast here. Yeah, round of applause for Icebox. Hot dog. I love you guys. I really do. We've been, I've gotten addicted to the show being recorded here. They're so amazing here. The staff is so accommodating and they love what they do. They love the brews here. There's so much creativity in what they do with their brews here. Um, I've just I've gotten addicted to be I've I've gotten addicted to being here. Um, I feel like just coming and hanging out, and they've always been really great to me and my staff. So I really appreciate you guys. And here I have a sour wit, and Xander is holding. I've I've got the super bitchin' badass imperial bourbon stout. <laughs> that's a that's a mouthful right that's, there. That's but he has it written down. Like he read that from to, a piece of paper. I read that from a piece of paper. I had to. Yeah. It's it's on the menu. You'll you'll know it when you see it and oh yeah, it's it's exactly what you want it to be. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. Once again, thank you to our sponsors at Icebox. I think we only have one more show scheduled with them that's going to make me really sad. I've been really spoiled. Mm. I've been really spoiled doing mm-hmm. the show here. For sure. But uh, I, I think they also brought you a Janet Brown, and they, every yeah, week they, we plug the Janet Brown. Yeah, they bought me the or they brought me the the bitchin' Janet Brown last time. So he wants to bring me a surprise now. He's oh, bringing me comes. a surprise. Here it comes. It's something. It tall. may not be the the. Is that the Janet Brown? No, something tall and dark. Ooh, the Emperor Stout. Yeah. This oh, is the man. Emperor like Stout. Coffee, it has a coffee taste to it. I, I did not start life as the biggest beer drinker, and I, I was not oh. really a fan of the, of the darker beers. But since I've been oh. coming to Icebox, it's kind of changed my mind a little bit. That's very calm. I think yeah. they're very flavorful, yeah. Yeah. That's, oh. How do you like it? Oh, very much. Okay, by the time that this episode is released, they will have a brand new sour. And I kind of relate it as, as like a cider. Uh, and it's going to be strawberry flavored, so that will be the next one. Usually, I have the sour wit when I come because it's summertime. So it... I feel spoiled being here. Yeah, me too. This is, look at all this stuff around us. This is <laughs> this is all it's New awesome. Mexico. Thank you. Oh goodness, here. I want to know more about about how you started in this industry and about what your influences were and just uh, the Daisy Blue story. The Daisy Blue story. Well, it was a long time ago. A long time ago. And my mama was there. Her mama was there. (laughs) 
It was a long time ago when my mama was there. I was born and thrown in the air. Next hit, people. You heard it here first. Um. <laughs> Copyright. Daisy Blue and Jimmy Stone Music. <laughs> um, I, I started... I what I would call a professional. I use air quotations. A pro, I've been doing music professionally the last six years, and it's funny saying the word the number six because uh, before that I was uh, in the United States Air Force and I served for five years. And it's just really weird to think I've been a musician longer than I was active duty Air Force because it was such a big part of who I am. But musicianship started. Before you were in the Air Force and, and, and ex, uh, extended into your experience at the Air Force as well, didn't it? It did. It really did. Um, I've been writing since I could put pen to paper. So I was always writing. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely more of a lyricist than anything else. I, I've really worked over the years to try to be a better composer, but lyrics is my jam. I love lyrics with rhythm. I love picking very particular words that can have multiple meanings and can be interpreted. I just have so much fun with words. And I've been obsessed with words since I was just a little kid. I was homeschooled. I would throw a fit in school with my mom. I was held to teach. I didn't want to do any of my assignments. And uh, one day my mom gave me a writing assignment and I was tired of being a little shithead essentially. And I locked myself in the bathroom. And I'm like, I'm not coming out of here. I was, re- I was retelling the story to my mom lately because I was, I was thinking of where did, when did I start writing? And my mom remembers when I did that. And she's like, you were like seven. So this was, a, <laughs> this was like a while ago. And um, I locked myself in the bathroom. I finished this assignment. And ever since then, I've been in love with writing and I've been in love with words and um, it's, it translated to a lot of different things. Eventually, it turned into more lyrical things. So I didn't start playing music until I was 18. I bought a guitar with the money I got from graduation in high school. I was supposed to use it on more responsible things. I went and I bought an electric like Fender Squire with the money and annoyed the crap out of my freshman roommate. If Karn Painter is listening to this, God bless you. You are the best human on this planet because I was so terrible. I, I even wrote her a birthday song, which was the most offensive, awful song I probably have ever written. And she was just so supportive and thought it was hysterical. But I would annoy the crap out of my college roommates that would come in and ask me to stop. <laughs> Please stop. So... Yeah, so not much has changed, I guess, huh? <laughs> so, so speaking of university, you also did go to school for music production, uh, Full Sail University. Is that some sort of like sailing? It's a sailing school. A sailing school. What, I think how, it's tell hilarious. me about Full Sail University. I think it's hilarious that it's called Full Sail, but the logo is an airplane. Yeah. I always just thought that was funny. Um, that's actually how me and Xander met. That's why he's that's being coy with the question. Yeah. Um, I just, when I separated the Air Force, I just didn't feel like I had a lot of experience doing music professionally. I was asking for money to play gigs, but I didn't really feel like I knew very much about it. So it just made sense to go back to school. I had my GI Bill, and I had the time, so... That's what I did. I went to school online for a year at Full Sail. I always heard about Full Sail. They, they have a really great reputation. 
um, for being a, a great entertainment arts school. What what was it that you were you were looking for as somebody who is already a great songwriter? <laughs> Going to a school for music production. Well, shucks. Thank you. You, uh, you flatter me. I, it was the composing piece. I, I didn't know music theory. The first record that I released, um, my first EP was called Unseen. And it did really well. It did really well. For not knowing at all what I was doing, I went to Tularosa. I didn't know what key I was in. I didn't know what notes I was playing. I didn't know nothing. I didn't know what a lead sheet was. And they, they made this really great EP with my original music, and it's all spiritual music. It's all um, Christian-inspired. And it won at the New Mexico Music Awards the year that I put it in, which was um, amazing and incredible to me. But, uh, I didn't, I, but I knew that I didn't know. I knew that I didn't know what I was doing, and I, I knew that it, it was an accident. And it was because I was surrounded by such great producers uh, shout out to Spot and Tularosa, but I wanted to be able to do that for myself. And I didn't realize it at the time, but what I wanted to learn was production. I mm -hmm. wanted to learn to be a producer. Mm -hmm. I just uh, didn't like going into the studio and not knowing what I wanted the final product to sound like. Mm. So, okay, yeah. All right. Well, and I understand you've got an original song yes. for us today. Yeah. Yes. Is this one produced yet or no? This one is, <laughs> with so many of my songs, that a lot of them have been recorded. They're just not released. <laughs> so someday. 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 Uh, so hey. this one is called, Who is This Man? And that's the first one I'm going to play. Can you give us an idea about what this is about, or do you want to explain afterwards? I, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I'm going to play it first, and then we'll, we'll circle back to the, the process of it afterwards. Okay. I really like this one. It's all yours. All right.
was only a matter of time Was caught and twisted in my lies The price I pay, my life is done Tomorrow morning I'll be young Who's hanging right here next to me But a righteous man from Galilee So my debt's been paid, the price is blood It's over now, it has been done One of my faves. That's one of my faves. That's one of my faves. Faves. Favorites. Almost millennials. I think we are millennials, aren't for we? Show. I'm faves. A, I'm for show. Loud, proud, and irresponsible. Yeah, that's me. I'm down. Yeah. So that one is about, um, it, it's written from a multiple different perspectives, but it's about the witness of the, of the life of Christ, of all these different people. And I remember first learning about songwriting at, at Full Sail. Mm-hmm. So the first school um, environment, classroom environment, learning about songwriting. And there was a rule that they taught, which was don't switch perspective. Stick to the one perspective and don't, and don't change the point of view. Mm-hmm. So once I learned that rule, I was like, well, I need to break it. <laughs> So this song was a testament to that. Every verse is a different person talking about their experience with Jesus and, and what they saw. And um, I just I think about that a lot. Whenever I'm reading through scripture or I'm at church or something, I, it just it hurts my heart that I feel that it's, it's hard to see who Jesus was because a lot of the time we have people preaching at us because of the things that we're doing wrong. And we're not asking the questions of who is this person? What did they do? Who is he about? We're just reminded of all of our flaws. And I see so many people turn away from church or they don't want to be involved. And it's not because they don't have the questions or they don't have the curiosity. It's because they've been talked down to. So... At the end of the day, I'm always trying to discover who was the it was a historical person. This was a historical person who walked the earth. You can believe whatever you want, but that's the truth, and that's a fact. So what did the people in that time have to say about him? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's all I have to say about <laughs> That's all I have I to say that, about that. I think that's a great inspiration. I think that's a, a, you know, a wonderful song. I think that's beautiful. Thank you. No. This is something I'm very passionate about. I, no. I've been thinking about no. this a lot lately. Uh, I have been doing this a minute now. You know, I would not call myself an expert musician or songwriter by any, any, any means. I'm still very green, I feel. Uh, and I still have a lot of dues to pay. 
but I think the one thing that I, that I have learned about me and my particular task on this planet is to write music more like that. And I feel like over the years since I've been doing this musician thing, I tend to write things that are a little bit funnier. And, you know, I am a comedian, even if it's just self-proclaimed. <laughs> uh, but this is kind of the message I've been, I've been wanting to, to hit home on. I want to write more music that connects with people outside of the secular music, outside of the church, but speaking to that message of, you know, redemption and moving forward. And mm -hmm. so I have a, I have a battle because I have all these really funny, sarcastic songs like Boycott for the Blues. If you haven't heard it, it's on all, it's all, it's on all the things. Go listen to it. It's really funny. Um, so, but I kind of feel like I'm ready for a, a change. I know that, I know that, uh, I'd say religious music, uh, the, the genre of it has been moved to a, a being retitled as inspirational music. I, I wanted to know what your take is on that. I think at the end of the day, you can call it what you want. I've been looking a lot into Lauren Daigle lately, and she's managed the crossover. She writes this amazing spiritual music, and people who come from all walks of life listen to it and are inspired by it, and they may not even have any of those similar beliefs whatsoever, but they're still inspired by it. They f still find like hope and joy in the lyrics that she writes. And that's fabulous, but for me specifically as a songwriter, I don't want to write worship music. I don't want to write anything that's still... At the end of the day, Lauren Daigle started out on K-Love and all those radio stations. She's still a Christian songwriter. That's still where she's going to move to. And I think for me, I battle between... Like, I wanted the music that I want to write. It's more rock and roll. I still want to stay hanging out here in the breweries like Icebox and... And playing to all the same people I have been playing in. I just want to play my songs, you know. Um, I think of Mumford & Sons as probably the group I relate to the most. Not because of how they sound, but the content of their music, I think, speaks to, to everybody in a way that doesn't really preach. It just speaks to, like, the truth of humanity, mm -hmm. honestly. That's beautiful. <laughs> I like that. Right. It's amazing what one sour wit will do well, for the wit. inspiration of words and such. <laughs> I just, while we're still on the subject, so the the yeah, I do want to know I, more. Yeah, I think that this is uh, this is something that that it, it's hard in the industry to kind of touch on because it's almost a, a taboo subject industrially, uh, commercially. Um, so I guess the, the, the process for it is kind of uh, still some ephemeral. I, I feel like I'm fighting two sides of it yeah. because I'm, on one side I'm yeah. arm, arm wrestling any conservatism that comes with being in the, the Christian genre uh, or being associated with it. There are certain expectations of you and I have no desire to, to fit into any mold that anybody on this earth has, has set for me. Mm -hmm. uh, so I believe in something bigger. So I really, I don't want to fall into that kind of niche. And at the same time, uh, I don't want to fall into just doing secular music either. So I'm still figuring it out. So the next album that I am working on that I started on like two years ago and it will be released eventually um, 
it's all about dating. It's a secular album. It's all about the frustrations of a, <laughs> of a single lady out in the world. And, um, you know, I think I was discouraged for a long time releasing it because, A, I wanted to have every piece of the production in my hands. I wanted to make, I, I was a micromanager with it. Um, I think that's why it's been so long for me to be able to release it. And then another part of it, too, was I was having the struggle of, like, is anybody going to get anything from these songs? Is anybody going to get anything edifying from this music? And I think at the end of the day, that's always what I think of whenever I write and release something, is is this going to edify somebody when they hear it? So at the end of the day, I think it will help the single ladies that are out there who are frustrated, who need to let go of a guy who's no good for them, you know, and, and kind of walk away from... Uh, any bad situations are just feeling like they're worth more and knowing what their worth is. So, ladies, if you're out there, I feel you. You're, you are gold. You're gold. Know that you're gold. Know your worth. Love all you guys. Listen to the album. <laughs> but that's, that's who that album was made for, was for these single women. And I think there's some music on there because of the style of it. I think guys will like it, too. But it's, it's, it's completely secular. Okay. It's completely what's, secular. What's the name of the album? That people need to look for. Well, it's gonna be called Unsaid, which is actually appropriate because I've been pitching it for about two years and nobody's heard anything. So I feel like Unsaid's a pretty appropriate, <laughs> like right, because we haven't freaking yeah, heard a single heard thing. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Probably this summer. Okay. You want to help me finish it? Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. I, can, I can yeah. definitely help you. Uh, Let's help go you into the studio done. and knock it out. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah. Put it behind some glass. Let's, yeah, let's go behind the glass. Throw, some, throw it on some tape. Throw call it on some day. tape, some vinyl. Yeah. Yo, 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 some, yo, 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 yo. Some vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you've got one more song for us today. You want to tell us about that? I, I will say one thing about this song before I, before I play it. And I'll, it's a very, very vulnerable song. It's one of the most personal songs I've ever written. Um, the hook I wrote several years ago and the whole concept of the song was about going through your darkest day. And um, I was just kind of thinking of how you respond to things when you're at your lowest, when things are the darkest, when you have the least amount of hope, how do you respond in those moments? Because that's the most important decisions you'll make is when you're in the darkest places. So I wanted to write a song around that. So I had the hook, but I had none of the other content. And I was like, I just don't know what I've struggled with personally to be able to flush the rest of this song out. So, and I'll leave the rest of the story afterwards, but this song is called Where Do You Go? I've been told all my life in the dark there's a light try to see the best in these hard times frozen spine is it alive heart and broke it's completely dead inside little brittle lungs tired eyes why should i even try tell me darkest times tell me 
and there's nobody home She says to me He found his peace His time had come to leave It's up to me Do I believe In death or victory The Father's Son So who has won Will I be overcome Tell me where do you find yourself In the darkest times Tell me where do you go In the night is dark and there's nobody home Tell me where do you hide yourself In the darkest times Tell me where do you go When the night is dark and there's nobody home Is it the bottom of a bottle, the middle of the Bible, down on your knees, begging Jesus, please, give into your rival, listen to the devil, question who's a friend, who's an enemy, lies of dying truth, there's one before this all begun, resonating words, it has been done, can I choose defeat, if I do believe the answer's in me, tell me times not released yet not released not released uh, it's a very personal song mm. so i don't play it very often unless i have the right audience mm -hmm. uh and the right vibe mm. for it so that one will be a lot of fun getting on some tape i think so i think so i think my problem with the songs that i'm the most attached to and that are the most vulnerable I almost don't want to record those at all because I don't want to mess them up and I don't want them to turn into to something that I didn't intend so I think that's where my micromanager uh, for those songs inhibits my creative process in releasing probably the best music that I've written uh, I'm a little bit more hesitant to release it because it's so personal to me you know do you believe that the recording process itself might be inhibiting to to that experience? Um, no. I mean, it, if you got a good team, if you got a good production team, then it, it, it should take it to the next level. If you got a good team, you have good musicians with you, you communicate well, you can take something that you've written and turn it into to something so much larger. So I know I'm contradicting myself. So turn turn the tables uh, on me on that one. But 
I think it's just the fear. There's that creative fear. Uh, I read this book by Stephen Pressfield. It's called The War of Art. And he always talks about this like unknown. Uh, he's almost spiritual about it. There's like some sort of supernatural force that comes on you when you're doing something creative called the resistance. And uh, fear is a part of that, of you know, the creative process of your best work. You're going to stand in your own way because you're afraid to do it. So it seems to be the the way it goes with art is we stand in the way of ourselves or that we have, we're our own enemies of our critique, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Mm. We should just let our light shine. We should just mm. let our light shine for everybody to see and hear. That's why we're given the light, you know. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Shucks. Oh, shucks, man. <laughs> How do people find more information about Daisy Blue? Well, so it's Daisy like the flower, blue like the color. And to find me specifically, it's Daisy Blue Music. So if you type in Daisy Blue Music into Google, you got to go the, the music. So if you type that into Google, you'll find all of my stuff. Daisy Blue Music. Music. Yeah. So daisyblumusic.com, Daisy Blue Music on Facebook, Daisy Blue Music's my Instagram handle. I try to keep it easy because I ain't that smart to be able to remember all these different names. I can barely remember my own name, let alone all the different ones. So. DaisyBlueMusic.com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. All right. Well, Miss Blue, do you have anything else to say before we close out the day? I feel like this was a really serious episode. Of, uh, I feel like I need to tell more jokes or something to keep it light. Mm. You know, you know. Uh, do you have a joke for us? I've been telling the same joke over and over again. I feel like I need to come up with something new. My vegetable joke. Everyone's heard my vegetable joke. What's your vegetable joke? I have. You have it. What's the joke? No, they haven't heard your joke. Oh, you haven't heard the vegetable joke. Well, I would tell it to you, but it's a little corny. <laughs> I just got booed. And the audience loves it. And they booed. And they booed. Yeah. I tell you what. This has been such a, a lovely experience. Thank you so much for hosting today. This has been fun. Of course. Fun. It's been fun being on the other side. I can be a lot more preachy on this side of the mic than over at the... The hosting. I have to be a lot louder on this side of the of the board. Yeah. Yeah. Usually Xander's behind the board. Yeah, I'm on the other side of the of board. In front of the so. Board. But yeah, it's been it's been wonderful. In the. It's been fun. I've really enjoyed this pod. Bot, blah, blah blah blah. I've really enjoyed this podcast and hearing all this original music. It makes me really excited. I'm really excited about the future and what's to come. Encore. He wants an encore. We want a third song. Do y'all want a third song? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're the one that asked for it. Hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I played all my best ones. I haven't got anything else. That's it. I guess we'll just have to find her online. Find out what her next show is. Maybe we'll, uh, well, maybe we'll all see you on next show. Oh. Xander loves this song. (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, our partners are Bravo Mike Communications and Las Cruces today. Thank you to our sponsors at the Icebox Brewery. This has been a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. Be sure to come out here and get yourselves uh, one of these super bitchin' badass Imperial Bourbon Stouts, Janet Bitchin' Brown Ales, or whatever else have you. This has been a wonderful afternoon. Thank you so much. Sometimes I wish that I was happy and loved that I had Something that everyone would be jealous of Every morning some kisses I do the dishes He'd fix my truck and well I'd be the missus But you know so far it hasn't worked out that way But I can't complain it hasn't led me astray I got food on the table Mentally stable Write me some damn good blues if I'm able Cause I couldn't write a single tune If I never had the blues So you know there's just one thing for me to do I'm on a boycott from that boy down the street He said I'm a good looking mama He liked to keep on a boycott from that boy at the bar, he said that my eyes take him far. I'm on a boycott, cause love ain't what I need. The blues ain't what I do, it's what I bleed. I'm on a boycott. Well, love ain't so bad, so don't you misunderstand. But I couldn't have my music if I ever had a man Cause blues ain't just my game It's also my name My obsession, my profession I'm addicted to the pain When it comes to good loving I'm bound to fail I make a broken heart look easy Cause I do it so well So keep the hits coming I'll keep on strumming You can send me a man Just not the good ones, cousin Street. He said, I'm a good-looking mama He liked to keep on a boycott From that boy at the bar He said that my eyes Take me far I'm on a boycott Love ain't what I need But losing what I do It's what I bleed I'm on a boycott Oh I'm on a boycott Like I said before, the album I'm gonna release is my sassy single sister album. That's where I complain about all the misguided adventures of my love life. So with this particular song, I feel like I kind of have to raise the stakes and paint you a scenario so that you know I'm really, really serious about this boycott. So let me think of something just off the top of my head. Let me see. Let me think. I got it. So if the man of my dreams got down on one knee and he said so tenderly, Blue, will you marry me? (laughs) 
Well, that's not material that I can write from. So y'all know what I'd say, right? You're on a boycott. Well, no, but... No, but close. I'd say... The blues is what I choose. 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 so much for having me miss daisy blue everyone thank you very much for being on the show until next week on your show till next week hey thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the biting blue podcast if you enjoyed the show please help us grow it by leaving a review and giving it a share if you'd like to be considered as a guest for the show please contact us through biting blue productions llc.com we'll see you next week